Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 346 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. Here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me. I'm asking you to hear me out. The NBA finds themselves in a weird spot. And I say weird because they've been in a spot that they've never really been in before. And you're going to hear a lot. And actually, I've actually said a lot about the new CBA and how it changes, you know, with the first apron, second apron and how it really affects free agency. It affects contracts. It just affects how the the NBA operates as far as usually the big names are able to spend more money or not big names, but big market teams are able to spend more money. So they don't really care about the salary cap. It it. The new CBA obviously affects bigger market or or bigger spending teams like a Golden State Warriors, like a Los Angeles Clippers. And when I say the league is in a place that they've never been in before, there are a bunch of free agents that are that's on the market right now. And a lot of these free agents are good enough to to turn a team into a championship caliber team however in in unusual times you would see a a big name team like a golden state warriors like a clippers like a los angeles lakers spend whatever they have to spend to get said player but the problem is that now has such drastic ramifications on your future and honestly your present that it would be almost malpractice to do that. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about, about there's a bunch of free agents on the market, a bunch of them. And I'm not going to talk about every single one of them. We would be here for hours and hours. Shouts out to Money Long. Uh, what I would, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about probably a, a 10 free agents. And I'm going to talk about where the best best fit for them would be and i guess just talk about them you know and talk about where they are in their career and let's let's start let's start let's start with on obviously the biggest name in my opinion on the free agent market right now and that's Kyrie Irving Kyrie Irving who <sighs> let's not let's 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 not dance around the fact that Kyrie Irving has had a a bumpy career because of not because of how talented he is on the court, but because of a lot of things off the court, whether it's his viewpoints on on, you know, the vaccine or some of the things that, of course, he has put out on his social medias. He has had and not only that, the fact of every situation he's been in outside of Cleveland alongside LeBron James hasn't turned out the way that you thought it would turn out but let's not let's let's not get it confused man and let's let's just keep it straight to basketball or let's keep it solely on basketball when we talk about Kyrie Irving Kyrie Irving is still a top tier point guard in this league he's still a top tier player he is one of the most gifted athletes we've ever seen. He's one of the most gifted basketball players we've ever seen. One of the most skilled basketball players you've ever seen. And let's not get it confused, man. Kyrie Irving is one of the biggest names being affected right now by the whole new CBA. Because trust me, there's no. I understand that you can say, oh, the, all the baggage that he comes with. But... Kyrie Irving is still talented enough that nobody really cares about the baggage that much. I mean, hell, you saw the you saw the 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 Dallas Mavericks took or 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 traded for him after everything that went on in Brooklyn. And that's and and that to me it's going to sound bad because it it sounds bad, but it's not. It's it's just the honest to God truth. If Kyrie Irving wants to make as much money as possible and Kyrie Irving wants to help a team win it or 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 a team that would benefit from his services the most is the Dallas Mavericks. 
there's really only one place. Now, yes, you can get, you can go, you can, I can see Kyrie Irving on the LA Lakers. However, that means you would have to gut a lot of the team. You would lose Rui Hachimura. You would lose Austin Reeves. You would definitely lose. I don't think they're bringing back D'Angelo Russell anyways, but you would lose D'Angelo Russell. It's, so you really wouldn't have a bench. And Dallas really is the only team that I can see give him the mo- or give Kyrie the most money, and they need him. Let's let's just keep it a bit. They need Kyrie Irving after giving up what they gave up in the Kyrie trade. They need him, and especially seeing how Jalen Brunson is thriving in New York. You need a a solid number two a to pair with Luka Doncic. Now, no, even after seeing them last year, I don't think that Kyrie and Luka really fit. But Dallas needs Kyrie as much as Kyrie needs Dallas right now. And if you think Kyrie Irving doesn't need Dallas, (laughs) you would be sorely mistaken. Because, again, there's a reason why you're not hearing really any teams outside of the Dallas Mavericks showing much interest in Kyrie right now. I said this a, a while back. Like, I said this a couple episodes ago that Kyrie Irving is in a fragile point of his career. And people obviously disagreed with me, but you're kind of seeing the manifestations of that now. Now, yes, I also understand that it's, it's this, the new CBA has stuff to do with it and, and just teams and salary caps and stuff. But trust and believe Kyrie Irving is a top-tier talent. And there's a reason why all we're hearing at this point is one team looking or or, or wanting Kyrie, and that's Dallas. And I think that that's where he's going to stay. Again, I don't think the fit with him and Luka really matches. I think that you're two ball-dominant players. But not to mention two ball-dominant players that don't play much defense if any, but let's not get it confused here. Kyrie is still Kyrie, and Kyrie can still give you 40 on any given night. So I think Kyrie is probably one of the biggest names that's affected by the new CBA, uh, and I think it, it definitely has a has – a, uh, effect on where he goes and I think really the only place for Kyrie is Dallas another player that is is I'm not going to say affected by the CBA as much but another player that can drastically shape the championship landscape at this moment in my opinion is James Harden um, James Harden is in a different place in his career than Kyrie is. I'm not comparing the two, obviously, but at his height, James Harden was. There's a reason why James Harden landed on the All or NBA 75 All Time team. He's one of the most gifted scores we've ever seen he's one of the top five shooting guard offensive shooting guards we've ever seen and this isn't anything new especially if you've been listening to this podcast but it had James Harden has not kept his body the the most prepared to play. Now, again, that's his prerogative, but you're starting to see it now. James Harden is almost a shell of himself. Then he or we're not seeing the same James Harden that we saw in Houston. Now, yes, I understand that that is a as a while ago, but it's the fall off for James Harden. It's not the shooting. James Harden can still shoot the ball. James Harden is still an all uh, an all star caliber player, I believe. The problem with James Harden, and one thing that made him so 
deadly when he was in Houston is his ability to create separation, whether that is off the first dribble, whether that is off step backs, whether that is um, his dribbling ability. He His ability to create separation that ultimately gives him a shot or his way to manipulate defenders and manipulate refs to get foul calls made him a top-tier talent. And I like to think because of the fact of he does he hasn't really kept his body as NBA ready as other people have. You're seeing you've seen a a a, a mean decline in his athleticism. Now don't get me wrong, he ha, he wasn't the most athletic. He just knew how to be manipulate and he understood how to create separation, which is a skill. But when you're already not the most athletic and then you're losing your athleticism, it, it, it's, a, it's a tough, tough thing. Now, don't get me wrong. This is, you're not hearing me say that James Harden is not a, is still not a top tier player in the league. The reason why I'm talking about James Harden second in the show is because he's still a top tier player. No, he's not the James Harden from Houston, but I do think that he still has greatness left in him. And I think the reason why I'm really talking about James Harden is because of him and him. There's a dip, there's there's a conversation and there is a belief that he's either going to do one of two things. He's either going to go to Houston, go back to Houston, or going to stay in Philly. And with the moves that's been made around the NBA and when I look at the landscape of the top teams in the NBA, Philly is in an interesting spot. You see, Philadelphia, they have the reigning MVP in Joel Embiid. You have a young, up-and-coming star in Tyrese Maxey. And you have, the, and, and you have a top-tier talent as well in James Harden. Now, of course, we know that James Harden's shortcomings pretty much comes... In, in the playoffs, which has really hindered him and held him back from, I guess, joining that elite, elite status. But I will say, Philadelphia needs James Harden, which is why they're making as strong of a push to keep James Harden as they are. They need James Harden if they want to be in contention for a championship. However, they need a different type of James Harden. And I think they understand that too. For some reason, James Harden regulates himself or has regulated himself to mainly a facilitator in Philly. Now, I understand you're playing alongside a great big in Joel Embiid, and you don't want to take, you don't want to take uh, shots away from him. But, and I've said this before, I've said this on other people's podcasts, I believe, you didn't, the Philadelphia 76ers didn't trade all that they traded for James Harden for him to lead the league and assist. Now, I also don't I also don't think it would be beneficial for James Harden to lead the league in scoring with Joel Embiid on the team, but but you need a better blend. Philly needs a better blend. They need a more aggressive James Harden. Because trust me, if he goes to Houston, not only does that just close the championship window for James Harden, because you're not winning anything in Houston, 
But it also closes the championship window for Philly, even with Joel Embiid. In fact, they would probably be in the same situation that uh, the Trailblazers are with Damian Lillard right now. So I think that the only place that what James Harden would really benefit and probably should stay is in Philly. So I, I don't really see another place that not only can afford James Harden, but James Harden can change their fortune. I mean, I could see James Harden going to maybe a, a, a an L.A., if they could afford him, but then you run into the same problems that Dallas or that Dallas or Kyrie Irving would run into if he went to LA. You'd have to gut the team. I could see him being very beneficial in maybe a maybe Milwaukee if they lose Chris Middleton, which we'll talk about in a second. But I don't know how that fit with Giannis and the spacing. Because Chris Middleton is more of a pull-up or, or pull-up shot creator. So I think that the only place that would really benefit, or that would benefit the most, not really, but that would benefit the most from James Harden's talents and the James Harden that we know now and today is, is, is Philly. Speaking of benefit from their talents, the next person I want to talk about is Draymond Green. And Draymond Green, to me, is the most fascinating free agent remaining. Because I feel like Draymond Green, he is one of those players that when you talk to somebody else, you can tell if they know basketball or if they know really what they're talking about by high by about well you can tell if somebody really knows basketball in a objective way by how they talk about Draymond Green Draymond Green is never going to be a 2K cover athlete and what I mean is he's never going to be the flashy player. He's always going to be loud, don't get me wrong. But he's he's never going to be a tw- 28 or 25-point scorer a game. But let's not get it confused. We know how great Steph Curry is. We know how great Klay Thompson is. We understand... We have seen greatness out of the Golden State Warriors for many years now. There's a reason why it's called a dynasty. But the, the, the second most important player on that team is Draymond Green and has been Draymond Green. I understand. Yes. Draymond Green has caused a lot of turmoil on the Golden State Warriors, whether we talk about with Kevin Durant, whether we talk about with Jordan Poole. There has been a a lot of situations that Draymond Green's fieriness or Draymond Green's aggression has cost Golden State. It cost them, I believe, Kevin Durant staying. It cost them last year and and just the dynamic of the team with the Jordan Poole hit. It cost them a a championship in 2016. But let's not get it confused. Draymond Draymond Green is the heart and soul of the Golden State Warriors. And kind of like James Harden, Golden State understands if they lose Draymond Green, more than likely that is the that is the official end of their championship window. Because the fire the fieriness that Draymond Green, the 
brings, the leadership that Draymond Green Draymond Green brings, you don't get that everywhere. In fact, there's not another player in the league like that. Draymond Green is one of one. He's the only player in the league that can consistently give you a triple-double without scoring. I think he did that a couple years ago. Had had uh, a triple-double without, I think it was rebounds, assists, and like steals or something. Draymond Green is, is unique. And un, however, like a Kyrie Irving or James Harden, there are multiple teams that can afford and, and would love Draymond Green. You're hearing the Sacramento Kings. You're hearing the Detroit Pistons. You're hearing the Houston Rockets. Hell, you're also hearing he could possibly go to to the Lakers. Because of his relationship, obviously, with LeBron. I think if we want to talk about best fit, Draymond Green, the best fit for Draymond Green probably is Golden State. Actually, no. The best fit for Draymond Green probably would be Sacramento. He could be that veteran that could take a young squad over the top. So his best fit is probably Sacramento. But it's, I think, I guess, number two in a very close second is Golden State. I mean, he's been there for, what, 11 years. You don't want to just I'm, – and I'm, and I, I'm curious. I'm, I'm not – I don't think I want to see it, but I'm curious enough to see what Steph Curry and Klay Thompson look like without Draymond Green and what Draymond Green looks like without Steph Curry and, and Klay Thompson. Because don't get me wrong, it is such a benefit – playing alongside, in my opinion, the two greatest shooters of all time. I'm not saying they they made Draymond Green, but what I'm saying is it is very e- I'm not going to say easy. It is a, it is it is a st- <laughs> it's a luxury playing alongside the two greatest shooters of all time. You don't really have to do much. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Draymond Green doesn't do a lot, but you have the greatest, the two greatest shooters of all time. And don't it's not just a one way relationship. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson benefit mightily playing alongside a player like Draymond Green, who's not uh, a selfish player, who's not a player that really seeks his own offense, who's not a player that. Or is it Draymond Green is one of the smartest players in NBA history. He's one of the best defenders of our generation. So I think don't get me wrong. Golden State, they're not they're already over the luxury tax. Let's let's just keep it. They're already over the luxury tax. They're already, I think, in the second apron. So it's like, would you want to be? Even if they lose Draymond Green, I think this. I don't know if they'll be in the second or first apron. I think they'll be in the first because of the Jordan getting off the Jordan uh, pool contract. So it's like we're already going to be over the luxury tax. Are we gonna Are we gonna be extremely over the luxury tax and and keep a player that definitely increases our chances of getting a champion of of obtaining another championship, or are we just going to be slightly over the cap and lose that player? I think that they're gonna. I think that they're gonna re-sign Draymond Green, and I think that they kind of have to, and they know they kind of have to, because there's no other player in the league like him. I remember that I was kind of floating around the whole Ben Simmons for Draymond Green thing, and while at his height, I would understand it, but when we that would <laughs> boy Ben Simmons now imagine imagine Golden State would have done that traded. Ben Simmons for Draymond or Draymond Green for Ben Simmons. And how that could have turned out. <laughs> Boy. But I think that if you if you if Draymond Green wants more money, 
Of course, you can go to the Kings, and I think it would be a good fit. You can go to Detroit. That's where he's from. Um, but I don't know, I, and and I, I'm not saying that he's scared to do it. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know how eager Draymond Green is playing without Steph and Clay as well. I think the real questions are going to come after they re-sign Draymond Green, if they do. The real hard conversation and questions comes with Clay Thompson. And what do you do with Clay Thompson? Because, again, just like freelance, just like most jobs, what have you done for me lately? And the last time we saw Clay Thompson, he could not hit. He couldn't throw a rock in the ocean. And he was getting killed on defense. However, I will say that last year, and I will highlight and point out that last year, Clay Thompson had one of his best offensive seasons he's had in his career. It was just when the playoffs hit, it was just downhill. So, uh, would you, would Golden State be willing to to part ways or separate the Splash Bros? That is the real conversation that they're, I'm sure, wrestling with. And if so, because I think this year is very important. I told you, this is the most important offseason in Golden State Warriors history. We've already seen big moves happening. I mean, they already traded Jordan Poole, who was supposed to be their future, for Chris Paul. I don't believe that they're done making trades. And I honestly don't. I I think Chris Paul could work. He would just have to do some changing. And like I said about Russell Westbrook and like I said about multiple players that's been in the league for 10-plus, 8-plus, multiple years – it's very hard to change something when you've been that way your entire career. So I don't know how this is going to work. And now I understand that they're saying that, you know, Chris Paul is definitely going to be there. So I don't know. But they need to keep Draymond Green. And the real conversation will probably be this season and next season, what they're going to do with Clay. Hell, maybe this season they could try to trade Clay now. I don't know. If they want to, so, but I think Draymond Green understands that his best fit is probably Golden State or Sacramento, and I think that he's probably gonna. When when you look at the situation, in my opinion, from him, do you want to go to a, a a place that you've been familiar with for eleven years and still has Steph Curry playing at a top tier level, still has Clay Thompson, still has Andrew Wiggins, still has Steve Kerr coaching. Or do you want to go to a new situation, a situation where you obviously don't have the same amount of shooting, but you have a big now you have more of a lack of a better term leadership role. So I think that'll be interesting. One name that. Doesn't get talked about it much, but has a drastic, and I mean drastic, impact on next year's championship is Chris Middleton. I understand Chris Middleton isn't an A. I understand that Chris Middleton isn't a uh, franchise building like he's he can't if he's your best player on a franchise kind of like Bradley Bill if he's your best player your franchise probably is not a championship team but Chris Middleton as a 2 Chris Middleton as a 3 you probably have a championship caliber team now Chris Middleton is an unrestricted free agent 
the Milwaukee Bucks have his bird right, so they can pretty much match whatever. But kind of like Draymond Green, I think Milwaukee understands that they need Chris Middleton. Giannis is still Giannis. Giannis is still arguably one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. But Giannis has limitations. Giannis is not the best shooter at all. Giannis isn't the best shot creator. Giannis is a freight train. You don't see freight trains doing a lot of of, of left and right turns. That's no shot to, to Giannis. That's just obvious. I mean, if you watch, he he is his game is is brute force. Giannis and the Bucks need a player like Chris Middleton to complement him in areas that he needs or he's not the best in, which of course is the shooting ability or shooting uh shot creation, dribbling, dri- or you know, dribbling to a shot. That's Chris Middleton. Now Chris Middleton, I think, and the reason why let me let me let me kind of put a a, a PS on all this. The reason why majority of these people I, I talked about Kyrie Irving, I talked about James Harden, I talked about Draymond Green. The reason why I have a lot of these people going back to their respective teams is because of the new CBA and how teams. It's it's the last thing you want to do is really go over that that second apron, which is a new term in the NBA. Because again, that can be catastrophic for your team's future as far as how you build a team. So the only team that really can honestly afford James Harden and the and have the ability to keep James Harden at a price that he would like that's not a vet minimum is the 76ers the only team that can really afford to give Kyrie Irving a uh contract close to the max is Dallas the only team that can really to me give Draymond Green the best shot of winning is probably Golden State but don't get me wrong James Harden Imagine James Harden played for the, uh, like, think about it. I could see James Harden playing for the um, Milwaukee Bucks. Imagine, imagine Draymond Green playing for the Boston Celtics. Imagine Kyrie Irving playing for the Phoenix, ooh, the Dallas, no, playing for the Denver Nuggets. But of course, it would be unrealistic because they can't afford them. Let's get back to Chris Middleton, because Chris Middleton is an interesting case. Chris Middleton is one of those, Chris Middleton, in my opinion, is on the same level as Bradley Bill as far as impact to a team. And I could see a team that needs a score, needs a shooter. I can see a team taking a flyer, not taking a flyer, but getting Chris Middleton. Like the Kings, like the Rockets, like Detroit. Well, he did play for Detroit already. I would say Washington, but they're kind of in a rebuild. Not kind of. They're in a rebuild, so they're not really trying to pick up big names right now. I could see Chris Middleton being a very important piece to Golden State. Or OKC. Playing alongside Shea Gildress and Chet Holmgren and Josh Giddy. But I think the his best 
best landing spot would probably be Milwaukee because of how important he is to that team's success and how important he is to being the complement of, or let me say this, or how important he is to Giannis. Now, I will say this. If there was a trade to happen, right, and you traded Chris Middleton for Bradley Bill, that'd be different, much different. But it didn't happen. <laughs> so I think that Chris Middleton's best option is probably in and probably will happen is he stays with Milwaukee. Now, staying with Milwaukee, though, their most important piece this offseason is trying to obtain or trying to keep Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez, in my opinion, is the main key this this free agency to them being a championship team or not Brooke Lopez I think understands that as well but this is probably the first name in fact this is the first name that I've said in this episode that I believe is not going to be in the team that he was or with the team that he was last year I think you have to ask yourself. Brooke Lopez has to ask himself a few things. What does he value? If he values championships, I think there's two places that will benefit Brooke Lopez greatly. And that is, of course, Milwaukee and Golden State. Imagine Golden State having Brooke Lopez, especially when you have to go against a Giannis, when you have to go against a Joel Embiid. They just got killed by Anthony Davis. Imagine you have Kavon Looney coming off the bench, or if Kavon Looney has to go, imagine your starting five be Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Brooke Lopez. And on your bench, you have, I don't know, let's say Chris Paul, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, uh, what's his name, Kavon Looney. I think... Now, of course, there'll have to be some, you'll probably, you won't be able to afford him at a max contract, obviously. And Golden State probably can't offer him much money, but what they can offer him is you have a legit shot to win a championship. Same thing with Milwaukee. You, You have, I think that the Milwaukee experiment, not experiment, the Milwaukee ceiling has kind of been hit. I think this is probably the last year of Milwaukee's run. Uh, and I don't think this is last year of Giannis being Giannis, but if you don't win it this year or at least make it to the championship this year with Giannis, with Drew Holiday, if they are able to keep Chris Middleton with Chris Middleton, if they keep Brooke Lopez with Brooke Lopez, if they don't make it to the finals this year, I think that they've hit their cap and there will be some major changes happening. But they do need Brooke Lopez. So if you if you're Brooke Lopez and you're you're trying to score payday, which I understand, don't get me wrong, it's still a business at the end of the day. Maybe Houston. Houston has a lot of money. You may, maybe you go to Houston, uh, and that'll be that. But, of course, you have absolutely – I'm not going to say – yeah, you have absolutely no shot of winning a championship. But if you want to win a championship, I think Brooke Lopez's best landing spot, in my opinion, honestly, would be Golden State. Golden State would have to restructure Chris Paul's contract if they want to keep Chris Paul. Because I'm honestly – I would get rid of Chris Paul in a heartbeat if that meant I can get Brooke Lopez. Honestly. Hell, I wish – I wish – Golden State would have traded Jordan Poole for Porzingis. That, to me, would have opened their championship window as well or kept their championship window open as well, but obviously it didn't happen. And I honestly think outside of wanting a veteran on the bench, Golden State probably played keep away 
from like they didn't want Chris Paul going to the Clippers. They didn't want Chris Paul going to the Lakers. I just no. But I think you put a I think you put um Brooke Lopez on the Wizards. I'm not Wizards. On the Warriors. That's a champion. That is a that is a championship opening player right there. Championship window that is open. And I honestly think I don't know how it's going to happen, but I think he's Brooke Lopez either going to go to Golden State or Milwaukee. That's what I think. So another player that I think is for sure gone, <laughs> for sure gone is uh, Fred VanVleet. Fred Van Vliet, I, I think his time in Toronto is up, and, and you're hearing it. Like, it, it's it's not it, – it just doesn't seem like he wants to be there anymore. I think Toronto wants to keep him, but I just think Fred Van Vliet, no. And with me talking about Fred Van Vliet, I'm also going to talk about another player because I think that their destinations – could be the same. And I don't mean like they're 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 both going to go to the place, but talking to talking about Fred Van Vliet, I also have to talk about Russell Westbrook. And Russell Westbrook who finished last season on the Clippers and obviously is an unrestricted free agent. The Clippers don't seem like they want to keep Russell Westbrook or let me say that, they don't seem like they have been trying to keep Russell Westbrook seeing as though you're you've heard them making a strong push to get Chris Paul before he got traded to Golden State. And I think that Russell Westbrook, be, you know, because the Clippers weren't really able to get Chris Paul, I think more than likely Russell Westbrook will be back with the Clippers. But the reason why I'm talking about Russell Westbrook and Fred Van Vliet, because I feel that if – the Miami Heat land one of them. It's a successful offseason. I think the Miami, the Miami Heat is trying their best to trade Kyle Lowry. And if that doesn't work, they're probably going to waive him. So, and, and as we saw last year, they struggled mightily at the point guard position. Yes, Gabe Vincent was really good in the playoffs. But, that's you know, as we saw, once his shot, or, or once you know the role players shot start stopped hitting and 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 Jimmy Butler stopped shots. <laughs> Jimmy Butler's shot stopped hitting. It was a wrap. And I think Fred Van Vliet, man, you had Fred Van Vliet who did. Don't get me wrong. He had a uh, Fred Van Vliet had a tough offensive year but we know how good Fred Van Vliet can be offensively we know how good offensively outside of shooting but we know how good offensively Russell Westbrook can be I mean again multiple years he averaged triple double and I think that when you when Jimmy Butler doesn't have it going when Bam Adebayo doesn't have it going you can have a Fred Van Vliet you can have a Russell Westbrook I'll probably I think because of it mm, because of his shooting ability, I'll probably go with Fred Van Vliet over Russell Westbrook. But if the Heat land either one of those, that could that could turn their fortune, especially in the East. That's wide open right now. I mean, outside of Boston and Milwaukee, Philly has question marks with James Harden. I think that the Miami Heat are, are, are if they get a a a guard, a point guard. That the of the caliber of a Fred Van Vliet or the caliber of a Russell Westbrook, that definitely changes the con. Because I don't think that I mean I'm not talking about Dame. Uh, look, I'm not talking about Damian Lillard until a decision is made or until the season starts. But it's looking like the Heat aren't going to get Dame, at least this off season. So why not take a flyer on Fred Van Vliet or Russell Westbrook? Now it looks like. Reports are saying, I think Howard Beck is saying that uh, Russell Westbrook is is likely to return to go uh, the Clippers. So if you're Fred Van Vliet, but also I'm hearing that Fred Van Vliet more than likely is going to end up with or is a strong candidate to land or to end up in Houston. But 
If you want a chance to win a championship, I think your best bet is to go to Miami. Now, there are other names uh, that you could talk about that definitely has a a uh, definitely has how a important part or could be an important part to a championship team um, that, you know, like Nikola Vucevic, I think he's probably going to stay with Chicago, but Vucevic is a, is a big man, a big offensive, big man, a man, you know, and that could like, imagine Vucevic on Milwaukee would be crazy. Uh, you could talk about Christian Wood. I think Christian Wood is a name that you definitely have to look look for as far as where he lands. He was in Dallas. I don't think he's going back to Dallas. Uh, and while no, he's not a defender in any way, shape, or form, he is a offensive big that can give you buckets in a in a in a flurry. I'm very interested to see what Kyle Kuzma does. I understand that Golden or the Washington or he could go back to Washington, but I don't think that Kyle Kuzma is going back to Washington. Look, uh, Kyle Kuzma, look, I understand he's going to want a payday, but if you want a chance to win a championship, I would look at Kyle Kuzma would be a perfect fit for the Golden State Warriors. As far as offense at the forward position, maybe coming off the bench, maybe not. I don't know. Actually, would you really want to come off the bench if, if you're him? I don't. I mean, if he, if he gives me a championship, let him, let's get it. But one thing that we real what we saw out of Golden State is they struggled with they struggled with size and athleticism. You get size and you pretty much get athleticism. Well, you get athleticism and shooting from Kyle Kuzma. So, oh, the last name I want to talk about. The last name I want to talk about. Is Dylan Brooks. And I didn't think that I would have to be the one to do this. And I never thought I would be the one to do this. But let me, I feel like I have to defend Dylan Brooks. Again, not a position I thought I'd be in. But we're here. Let me first start by saying. Dylan Brooks got a bad rap or the way Dylan Brooks exit happened in Memphis put a put a bad title on his name maybe an unwarranted title don't get me wrong Dylan Brooks is not John Morant Dylan Brooks is not Steph Curry Dylan Brooks ain't dropping 30 He's not averaging 30 points a game. He's not averaging 29 points a game. He's not your your he's not your typical player. He's not the typical player that you that he he you can't build a team around Dylan Brooks. Your team would be god awful. But I will say this. Dylan Brooks is a perfect 3 and D guy. If Draymond Green was not on Golden State, I think that Dylan Brooks or maybe a uh, Jay Crowder would be perfect for Golden State. Now, again, if Dylan Brooks, if Draymond Green was not on Golden State, I would think he was a perfect fit, but I just think that relationship is too far gone. But Dylan Brooks can turn your t- Dylan Brooks. If Dylan Brooks was on the uh, the Lakers, they'd be a championship caliber team. Because as we saw, the Lakers struggled defensively last year mightily. Well, Dylan Brooks. His calling card is defense. I understand the whole poke the bear thing. I get it. I understand he he was cashing checks that someone like a John Morant had to cash. I understand that. That is Dylan Brooks pretty much 
You know what it is? That's Dylan Brooks playing his role but not living up to who he was. And that's Dylan Brooks not understanding the situation. Like, bro, you don't need to you don't need to to lack of a better term or quote poke the bear of a four-time champion. Don't really need to do that, bro. But don't get me wrong. Imagine you have a player like Dylan Brooks is 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 a taller probably less um mature Marcus Smart. And I think Dylan Brooks can change now it looks like from what you know reports are saying that he may go to Houston. But there's a reason why the Miami Heat are also on that list of teams that are interested in Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is not a bad player. He just talked too much. He just talks a lot. So, again, man, I think this is a very interesting free agency class. Like, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown would be huge for a lot of teams. And I think that he has a... The 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 Denver Nuggets are going to try their hardest to keep him, but he's going to he draws interest. Jakob Pertl, a player that draws interest, and he's one of the players that I thought should go to Golden State before he went to Toronto. Or again, Jay Crowder. There's a lot of teams that need players. They just can't afford players. Like what happens with Kevin Love? What happens with? Um, J- Jeremy Grant. This is going to be an interesting, an interesting free agency class, or this is an interesting free agency free agency class, and because of the CBA, a lot of players are 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 going to go somewhere else, maybe a lesser team, because they just the championship teams can't afford them. Outside of you know, I don't think, and yeah, no, outside of maybe. Milwaukee and Boston. So I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see. Let's move forward. And I also, you know, I want to shout out LSU. LSU been killing it the last few years. Since what, 2019? LSU has been at the top of the sports world, man. I mean, LSU, I think it was 2019, Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers won the national championship and had the greatest off a statistical offense ever. Uh, LSU women's, of course, Angel Reese and and Alexis Morris and Flo, they they just won the national championship in basketball, destroying Iowa State or Iowa and Caitlin Clark. Uh, hell, even the football team, football last year, even though they didn't win national championship, they did make it a team with Chip Kelly or not Chip Kelly, uh, Brian, Brian Kelly, uh, made it to the SEC championship. I never thought, I didn't think that was going to happen, but hell, even their gymnastics team is going crazy. I think they have like the number one ranked gymnastics team in, in, in the United States. But this congratulations is, of course, to their men's baseball team for winning the World Series over Florida. And I didn't know this, obviously, but apparently the SEC has been dominating college baseball. I think they said four of the last five winners of the World Series has been an SEC team. Or I think they said like four of the last five World Series and SEC team has been in it. That's crazy, bro. And yo, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why or how, but I was tuned into this World Series. I think after the first, the first, uh, so the first game, LSU kind of they they didn't they beat Florida. I think it was a close game. Um, went into extra innings, of course, but they they beat Florida. The second game, Florida beat them like twenty five to three or something like that, or twenty four to three. I'm like, God, like what? 
You know how bad a 23 or 24 to 3 loss is? Hell, that just happened in the major leagues. I think the Angels just beat a team like 25 to 2 or something. That that's like losing by 50 points in a basketball game. But Florida Florida then turned around and beat or no, uh LSU then turned around in a game 3 winner take all beat Florida 18 to 4 in the World Series in Omaha, Nebraska. Oh my gosh. Look, I'm going to sound this is going to make me sound incredibly um incredibly un uh Dumb. I'm not going to lie to you. This is going to make me sound incredibly dumb. But I never knew Omaha was in Nebraska. I don't know what I thought. When you you hear Omaha, the first thing I think of is like Kentucky or Tennessee. Omaha. I also don't know why when I hear Omaha, I think Wrangler. (laughs) I don't know. But I never knew Omaha was in Nebraska. Mm, mm, mm. All right, back to what I was saying. Uh, and LSU's been dominating, man. Like, this is their seventh national championship in program history. I think the last time, I think the last time they won was like in 2019. Um, and apparently, LSU has a bunch of players that probably aren't going to be there next year and, and probably going to make their way to the big leagues uh and they they look man shouts out to lsu lsu's been doing it right and they yet again find themselves on top of the mountain at least this time it's in it's in baseball and they won the world or the college world series against florida and not just not just uh, LSU. Shouts out to the SEC. Yet another sport that they're dominating in. I mean, think about that. This year, the SEC won in baseball, basketball, football. And I don't know who won in soccer. That's crazy. In fact, who won in lacrosse? Lacrosse. National Championship. Mm, was it this year? No, it was Notre Dame. God damn, Notre Dame beat the hell out of Duke. But yeah, shouts out to uh, shouts out to LSU for winning the World Series in in baseball, which of course is their seventh World Series in program history. Omaha, Nebraska. Never knew it. Damn, that's the spike they gave up. I didn't realize that was a, a men's college World Series record, 24 runs that, that Florida had in game two. You give that up and then come back and beat them by 14, point, 14 runs? <laughs> Jesus. Talk about it, man. Shouts out to LSU Tigers, man. Shouts out. Oh, and that's that's also cool. They started the season as the number one overall team in the country. Damn, LSU, Brian. They it's greatness, man. Speaking of greatness, and this is where I'm gonna end the show. I talked about this. I've talked about this a couple times. Um, but the last time I talked about this was of course uh when we talked about Novak Djokovic. Djokovic, when he won the French Open, which was his 23rd Grand Slam, which was the most in men's history. And I said that we are possibly in an age where every single sport could see their goat dethroned by somebody else or the person that has been universally noticed or known as the goat can be dethroned by somebody else. I talked about basketball and how a lot of people think or a lot of people have a, a, a debate whether it's Michael Jordan or LeBron James. And, of course, we're seeing LeBron James play. I talked about baseball. 
Um, it could be Shohei Otani. It could be Aaron Judge. You know, I, I talked about, uh, of course, tennis with Novak Djokovic and and Rafael Nadal and uh, Roger Federer. I think women's that's women's tennis is pretty much locked up. I mean, it's Serena by a country mile. Uh, I, I I thought about one 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 name I said was Connor McDavid. I said Connor McDavid has a shot to dethrone the great Wayne Gretzky in hockey, and surprisingly, I did not get a lot of pushback from that. And people and I and I think it's because people understand that I'm not just capping out here, bro. I'm not lying. Connor McDavid won the Hart Memorial Trophy, which is the third time he's done that. He also and which is pretty much the hockey MVP. And he also won the Ted Lindsay Trophy, which is his fourth time doing that there's not much you can say negative about Connor McDavid's game you know how they say the the thing that goes around social media a lot is if you want to build a perfect athlete for whatever sport who would be the prototype? Like if they, if you wanted to build a, a a a perfect basketball player, who would you start with? More than likely, you start with LeBron James, and then just get other attributes from other players. If you wanted to build a perfect baseball player, you probably get Aaron Judge build, and then get attributes from other players. If you wanted to build a perfect hockey player. You would get Connor McDavid's build, but the thing is, you probably wouldn't. If you you probably wouldn't get too many attributes from too many other players because Connor McDavid has it. He has the speed. He has the strength. He has the angles. He has the shooting ability. He has the scoring ability. I think he scored like a hundred and fifty-two or hundred and fifty-something points last year. Look, man, I'm not trying to disrespect the greats. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to disrespect uh, LeBron. I mean, uh, Michael Jordan. I'm not trying to disrespect people like Hank Aaron or Babe Ruth. Or I'm not trying to disrespect the great Wayne Gretzky. But what I'm saying is, you have. We have to understand what we're looking at. And so when the heart. Memorial Trophy, which again is pretty much the MVP for hockey. Connor McDavid has won that three times already. And it really wasn't even a question of who would win it this year. Connor McDavid, without doubt, is one of the best players in the world and when it's all said and done I will not be shocked if we look up and say well yes Wayne Gretzky was great Connor McDavid is probably the best player of all time the only thing that's probably holding him back is his lack of winning as far as like a a, a, Stanley Cup, but it is tough when you play for a team that really only has two or three good players. But even in that, I think they got to the second round of the playoffs with, uh, wasn't it? They got to the second round of the playoffs with, yeah, 
with pretty much Connor McDavid in dry saddle. Oh, and Evander Kane. That is it. Every other person is not that good. And honestly, it's Connor McDavid, a good portion, a good length, Leon, Leon Drysaddle, a good length, Evander Kane, and then a country mile. That's it's, it's hard winning a, a Stanley Cup that way. But yeah, man, when it's all said and done, Connor McDavid might be considered the greatest hockey player of all time. We'll see. And there you have it. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I truly appreciate you guys. Um, if you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Like it's getting it's getting hot out here, even though it's been an irregular uh summer. But get your unpopular t-shirts today. Uh, I have multiple again, multiple different colors, multiple different designs. I'm sure I got what you like. Click on the link in the bio. Bada bing, bada boom. Also, subscribe to every listening, subscribe to your watching. I'm still trying to get to a thousand subscribers. I think I'm 150 away right now, uh, which is crazy. Um, so anything would help if you're already subscribed. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to all of y'all subscribe. Definitely mean a lot. Um, and follow the socials, follow Instagram, follow TikTok. Again, I pretty much post daily there. Uh, and hey, until next time. Much love.